Welcome everyone to episode number 16 of the Lead Volunteers Podcast, where we help you turn volunteer pains into ministry gains. I'm your host, Jeff Reining. And my name is Josh Denhard. And our goal with starting this crazy Lead Volunteers Podcast was to help you, the ministry leader, get skills, get inspired, and get moving. Yeah, we want you to get skills to more effectively recruit, train, and retain volunteers and to avoid ministry burnout. But we also want to get you inspired, right? We want to make sure that you... Uh, you can see your volunteer leadership as a pathway to help people grow in Christ. But not only that, we want you to make sure to get moving, right? We want this podcast to push you toward action. We want you to get moving. Exactly. We want this podcast to make you think. And we want this podcast to make you feel. But thinking and feeling, hopefully, that leads to get you moving and take action that can change everything. Absolutely. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Um, one thing I want our listeners to think about when it comes to this podcast, I want I want you to consider this podcast as like a national conference breakout session in your very own back pocket. I've gone to national conferences for years, and it's such a valuable resource, right, for learning, inspiration, and growth. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, national conferences, they're a huge part of my personal growth as a leader, and conferences, they just act as a little booster shot filled mm-hmm. with ideas, inspiration, and a, a lot more too. Absolutely. But I got to say, uh, what if you had access to one of those booster shots every week in your very own pocket? Well, obviously you can. Now I've talked to leaders who are listening to this podcast on their morning commute. And I mean, they like, they're, they're listening to this podcast and it only takes about like 18 to 20 minutes. And this is not a 60 minute elongated chatter session, right? Mm-hmm. We want to make them short. We want to make them inspirational and information packed. And other leaders have told me that they listen to this once a week while sitting in their office eating a quick lunch. So it can happen for you. Yeah, podcasts, they're, they're great like that, right? They're accessible content that is ready when you, the listener, are ready. And you're right, Josh. We're, we're seeking to have this podcast be short, 18 to 20 minutes. And the feedback has been great. And people are saying, you know, it's just the right amount of time. So, so that's been really encouraging. Absolutely. Now, every once in a while, we kick up into the little higher ranks because... Usually we're having fun. Am a I little right? bit. We get a little sidetracked occasionally. Occasionally, but, but we, we, we try to we try yeah. to stay on track though. Now other leaders are telling us great things, right? That they're listening, doing a rote task like setting up chairs for small groups, or they're setting out Sunday school materials. Listen, whatever way we can support you as a ministry leader, we want to do that. Honestly, we want you to feel like you're a guest right here in my home office, sitting on my black leather couch and a part of this conversation that Jeff and I are having about how we want to seek to do- uh, to dominate with our volunteers. Mm-hmm. And now it's funny, you just said dominate. I like that word and because that's actually the topic ah. for the podcast today, just how we can dominate with diligence. And so we're jumping back into the book of Proverbs for this series. And this week, we're touching on a pretty familiar theme. Yeah. You're right. You know, uh, I have to say um, that if you're to talk about diligence and how we can dominate with diligence, you should really look no further than the example of the ant. All right, Jeff, what do you say, buddy? Should we jump in? Let's do it. So as you just mentioned, our topic today is dominate with diligence. And the Bible says in Proverbs 6, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, and yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Absolutely. My encouragement today is short and practical. Be the ant. I want us to incorporate an ethic of diligence into our lives and into our ministries. Now, I want to read this passage one more time. Now, while I'm sure that you've heard it many times, I want to share it again. I firmly believe that faith 
comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here it comes one more time. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no officer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food in harvest. Which, yeah, thinking about this, it, an ant, it seems interesting. It's just a little creature. We see yeah. ant hills in our driveway and we kick them over occasionally. I, sure. I would never do that. But you never apparently would. Apparently, some, some do. do this. Yeah, some but do. The, truly, ants, they don't have a boss or an overseer lording over them with a small whip and bullhorn. Or as far as I can tell, I guess I'm no ant expert. Right. can't tell what they're saying. But there, there's no one demanding that it work harder or faster. But the ant has, as a part of its constitution and DNA, just this incredible ethic of diligence, which is something I... I mean, I've heard that before. I think it's interesting that we all have this understanding that ants are hard workers. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, you're exactly right. I think it's 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 not only, I think, general in culture, but it's definitely pretty replete in the biblical culture that they're, mm-hmm. they're talking about that. Okay, now here's a blast from my past. When I was in elementary school, you knew it was going to be a good day when you saw the film strip machine come into the room. That old, that old beast with two big, huge circular reels. When it was being wheeled into the room, meant one thing. We were watching a movie. And in our case, in the 80s, it was a film strip. Now, Jeff, you're quite a bit younger than me. <laughs> did you ever, have you ever seen a film strip before ever? Or did you only have VCRs and DVD players? I mean, I, I have seen film strips in, in my museum field trips. No, <laughs> no we had the... the um, TV stand that came in with the VCR under okay. it. Okay, so, so VCR and then into high school is DVDs. But so one generation removed, you know what a film strip machine is. Mm-hmm. But like anybody out there listening, first of all, when it was being wheeled into the room, it was awesome. But then also, there's like this really fun thing when it would end. It would. You had to be there, but it's just it's kind of fun. So there was this one day in school when they showed this magnificent film of the ant and I was absolutely captivated and it was by far my favorite film that we ever watched in elementary school and I and this is the truth I honestly hoped every time the film projector was wheeled in I was literally hoping that it would be that film <laughs> about the ant again that's a true story You're asking if you could have a copy for yourself at yeah all. yeah yeah now in pre- preparation for today I looked up a few random act ant facts and the first one is the leafcutter ants. They can lift 50 times their body weight. I remember hearing that ants can lift a lot more than their body weight. 50 times more than their body weight. <laughs> and if the average human had this ability, it'd mean that they'd be able to lift 9,000 pounds. 9, so if you wanted to lift this much weight at the gym, that'd be like putting 445-pound weights on the side of the barbell for you, which that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I, I, have, I have actually bench-pressed with two 45s on each side and a couple of other small plates, but mm-hmm. putting 400 45s. You're going to have to hit the gym if you want, <laughs> want to do that. Yeah, those things, so think of that, right? That's like lifting four and a half tons of weight. So that's unthinkable to me, right? But it is not their ability to lift things that gives them their noteworthy mention in the Bible. It's far more than that, actually. The ant is viewed with an air of excellence in the Bible. The ant has this regal and almost noble quality. The and is actually referred to a number of times in the scriptures, most prominently in the book of Proverbs. Now, the ant is diligent. Uh, It works in summer. It doesn't sleep during the harvest. The ant is constantly on the move. The attributes of the ant, these qualities, are, are the qualities that scripture suggests for us to emulate and model. Mm-hmm. And so our our practical application probably for the day is we're just going to have to hit the gym, start pumping iron, right? right. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the lifting 9,000 pounds. 
need to be working on being able to lift 50 times My more than our weight, body yeah. weight, right? No, obviously I'm kidding. But but I do want to tease this out a little bit. And now I know you're not advocating that some just work themselves to the bone, no. right? No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pushing us to overwork at all. But what I am advocating is being diligent, efficient, and strategic with your moves. Mm-hmm. And ant don't know if you know this, they take the path of absolute least resistance and the path that is the most straightforward. And ant, ant makes things happen, right? And ant, even they even lay out these invisible scent path. It's, it's called pheromones and these little chemical signals that the ant lays out so that other ants know exactly the easiest and most direct path. So which they're efficient, am I right? Which is fascinating. Like a, another random at, ant fact that I found is many cultures even eat ants and eat a lot of them, which is really, That's really gross. Disgusting. I was kind of grossed out when I found that one. I don't know, man. I ain't eating any ants. Um, <laughs> if, if, okay, so if, if I was on a, like a reality show, Jeff, and you mm-hmm. and I were like, you know, the two dudes were on the same team. I got to tell you, if there was a small bowl of ants in front, I think they're just going to have to move to the next round. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Would you? I, th- I mean, if I had to, I'm, I'd take a spoonful. <sighs> Would you really? Yeah. Live, live. That, yeah, the... The so bugs you have no thing, problem it doesn't that. it doesn't gross me out as much as other people. I I would I would do it for the cause. So I think like, I'm more competitive f- than I am grossed out. Okay, so the competition in Jeff, right? I know you're a pretty competitive guy. Mm-hmm. Now, so so like Fear Factor. Did, did you ever watch that show? Uh, I've seen like clips of yeah, it. Yeah, I know yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, there's some, maybe some of the more slimy things. So slime that gets you me slimy out more than more creepy. than the the I don't know. I just feel like little ants have a little crunch to them. It'd be fine. <laughs> Just swallow it down. Long, How bad could they be? As long as you could win, right? No well, sorry, hands, dude. Please. If it's a reality show and we're on the same team, we're gonna lose this one. I think. Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, but listen, whatever society eats ants, um, they can have an extra helping from me because I'm not eating them. <laughs> but uh, listen, I do. I do suppose. I guess if I was on a missions trip and that was like the thing that was placed in front of me in order to not offend, okay, I'm in. I'd do it. <laughs> but fear factor. You're, fear you're factor. No, I mean like no respect. Yes, maybe, uh, maybe million but... bucks. I doubt it. Doubt it. That's yeah, kind of gross. Funny. But I, I agree with what you're saying. The Bible holds the ant pretty high. Yeah, they which do. Which I don't know if everybody has realized that. It's kind of fascinating as I learned some of this too. But their work ethic, it's it's showcased as something to be copied. Absolutely. So in our ministries or in our jobs, we should be assertive and even aggressive in our time on the clock. We should be quick to work, quick to execute, and efficient in our moves. The ant seeks to do work Um, When work can be done, right? I mean, the ant doesn't sleep during the harvest. During the summer, the ant is diligently laboring and storing up treasures of food and resources for future months. We get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's work to be done, right? Exactly. There's, it's not only work to be done, but there's important work to be done. And ministry is important work. Unfortunately, I think the the character quality of diligence, Mm -hmm. it it seems to be a rare commodity in ministry. Yeah. but it really is a prized possession. It is. I agree. And I, I think that true diligence is rare. And working hard and being diligent means pressing in and pressing ahead, even when I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, I really believe diligence is rare. It, it's almost like diligence is a super specialized and rare gemstone. I mean, diligence stands out. Diligence is hard to find. That much is true, but diligence is impossible to be overlooked. The character quality of diligence is truly like a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, and then the Bible goes on to say that those who are diligent, like the ant, will not be in need. And honestly, I, 
I like the sound of not being in yeah, need. Yeah, exactly. The Bible promises that the diligent will not be in need or their needs will be met. Now, honestly, uh, I can often think of people who are sitting passively waiting for God to bless them. Here's the reality. God often blesses us through the very work of our very own hands. His provision and his meeting of our needs can and does happen often through my very own hard work. I, uh, I really want to encourage people, especially those listening to diligently work, create processes, create systems, create pathways and plans and diligently set them up. I'm telling you, you need um, to work through these things and your needs will be met through your very own hard work and you'll be blessed. Mm-hmm. Which is, It's interesting. I, I don't think most people have considered God blessing them through their own hard work. And so what you're saying is God really provides for those who, I, in a sense, maybe this isn't the best way to say it, but provide for themselves. Some people, they'll have a hard time with this possibility. I, I get it. I get it. Hang on with me for just a moment. I'm not saying that God's provision only comes through our isolated hard work, mm-hmm. not even close. God's provision, however, can be realized as a result of my labor. My labor is not done in the flesh. My labor is done with his presence. It's done with his empowering, uh, with his help. But at but, but at the, at my own very brain, right, in my hands, he allows those to function. But my point is that he blesses us through that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Okay. Maybe, could you tease that out a little bit more? Keep yeah. going with that. Yeah, so th- there's a great passage in the book of Deuteronomy 8, and it says this. Moses is telling the people not to forget about God and not to forget about his provision. He writes this, quote, he says, not to forget. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and my strength and my hand have made this wealth. But, he says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the strength and power to make wealth. Here's the deal. It is his blessing that gives us power and strength. He gives us the power to do work. And what Moses is saying is he gives you the power to make wealth and get something done at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to minimize the fact that God, he's given us abilities. Exactly. Like he's gives us the power to utilize those abilities too. And so what you're saying is that within it's it's within our responsibility to use those abilities and be blessed. Exactly. And I completely agree with that. O- often I think we're afraid of acting or working in our own strength and therefore we might not do good or hard work. <laughs> and that's a, that's a danger, I think. that. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I think it is a danger. And here's what I want to say. Working super hard is an ability and gift from God. Through this hard work, his kingdom moves forward. And I think you're right, Jeff, what you said a second ago, you said something along the lines of uh, that often we're afraid of working in our own strength. And so we just want to like not work hard. I got to say, I've seen ministry leaders who simply put work coasters. Interesting. Could you coasters? What do you mean by that? Okay. So there's an old saying that I love to repeat. And it says this, if you are coasting, you're going downhill. If you are on a bike and you're coasting, you have to be going downhill. If you have to pedal, so you have to pedal in order to make forward mm. progress and make it up hills. Gotcha. Coasters, that, those who coast will likely stall out and, and not really make the progress that I think we don't want. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. listening, no one's like, oh, I just want a boring coasting ministry. I don't think that's anyone's no. big grand vision, but it's really easy to fall into coasting. It is. But to bring it back, not the ants, right? then ants, they're diligent little beasts, and sure, they're small, but they they get work done, and they work ultra hard. They absolutely do. And so the admonition given in Scripture is pretty simple, right? That's the admonition. Listen, things appear in the Bible, Jeff, as commands, 
and guideposts because we're prone not to do them. One great hermeneutic or Bible study principle is that if it is in the Bible, it is clearly there for a reason. God is telling us things for our benefit and our best. That sounds like a no-brainer, right? If it's in the Bible, it's obviously there for a reason. But there are scores of passages about being diligent. Why? Because we are prone toward coasting. Mm -hmm. All right, I just have one more random ant fact for you. Instead of hearing... Like through auditory canals, through ears, ants hear by feeling vibrations in the ground, which is fascinating. These special little sensors on their feet and on their knees that help ants interpret signals from their surroundings. And they also use their antenna and the hairs on their body to feel around while they're foraging for food, which <laughs> I thought was interesting. Dude, so like uh, like they're listening. Like, So I need, I need to like, if I want to sneak up on an ant, I got to not walk very hard it can't can't move real can't move real fast dude <laughs> ants are awesome right i need to go out and watch some random youtube videos about ants like the bbc world or amazing earth or something like that i'm sure you could find your old uh yeah, school film yeah the real on the real from um, it's probably on the internet somewhere somewhere but before we close out today's podcast i, I want to make sure that we stick to our founding vision at the lead and volunteers podcast we want to get people skills and inspire but we also want people to get moving and we're always trying to bring it back to something practical that ministry right. leaders can do after listening to an episode. And so in, in keeping with that vision, could you help us maybe sort of land this plane and give us something that we can do to make this practical and help get us moving? I mean, I think we all get it that we need to be diligent right. and, and work hard, but work hard at what exactly? Can, can you speak a little bit to that? Absolutely. Uh, thank you also for helping us turn the corner toward, right, the practical and tactical world of leading volunteers. And I'm going to shoot out some ideas uh, uh, in in lots mm -hmm. of different areas right now. First, why not call a volunteer right now? As soon as this podcast is over, don't ask them for anything. We talked about this in the last episode. Call them and thank them for serving with you. Call them and ask them how you can pray for them and then pray for them right now. That is a practical thing. But I'm telling you, it takes action. Here's another one. Sit down and create address labels for all of your key volunteers. Print off like 10 address labels for each leader. Print off 100 postcards or buy 100 basic cards with envelopes or whatever. Take one hour of your life and pre-address and pre-stamp every one of those postcards. Now divide them into sets of 12 stacks. Put a binder clip on each one of them and call this one month one. Call this one month two. Finally, Set a reoccurring calendar reminder for yourself for Thursdays at 1 p.m., let's say, that every single week you are going to write two handwritten notes to your leaders. This takes diligence. Mm -hmm. And so really you're kind of talking about batching your work. Just exactly. Carving out some time on the front end to prep the stack of postcards, let's say, or just with different tasks in general, just putting some front end work, labeling, addressing these to, stamps, to but... Yeah, it's it's the busy work getting it out of the way. All Absolutely. Works. Now, isn't that the thing that the ant would do, right? Mm -hmm. The ant works in the summer when it seems like there's really nothing to do because during the summer, the crops are still growing, right? You got to understand, in biblical times, this was an agrarian culture. They were farmers, okay? So during summer, the crops are still growing. There's no urgent thing to be done. But the diligent works ahead and creates margin for the future. It gets prepared for when margin will inevitably become false. Mm -hmm. And be, 
we all have as ministry leaders we all have different seasons i think it's of the truth like christmas is a busy season easter's coming up that's going to be a busy season and fall kickoff mm-hmm. so there's there's these natural ebbs and flows to our ministry calendar and so maybe taking advantage of some of those slower seasons and not not working ourselves to the bone like nope. we talked about earlier but just where we have that margin filling it with something that can really help us out down the road and, and ease some of that you're exactly right mm-hmm. and it, so basically just do a little bit of extra work when you don't have the pressing deadlines and you'll get ahead. Set those reminders to call people to ask for nothing and bless and encourage people by pre-addressing and pre-stamping a year's worth of postcards that can be written weekly. And now people might not realize this, but you, Josh, you've actually done a lot of that work for people through the lead volunteers course. Is that right? You're exactly right. So I have actually, and in the lead volunteers course, we have created 53 pre-made postcards and the exact strategy to achieve this batching work that we've been discussing. Also, um, we have an entire packet called Calling Scripts with No Ask or Agenda. This is a set of phone call conversation starters that you as a ministry leader can, can use as starting points to call people on the phone and ask them of nothing, ask nothing of them, excuse me, but, but simply surprise them, right, with a blessing and an encouragement of prayer or both. What we're talking about is just getting things done. Well, we've went ahead and did some of the busy work for you and you can invest in that and invest in your future as a leader Mm -hmm. which is great news because we're talking about diligence and you've done a lot of that heavy lifting for us and so why don't you just give us maybe one more before we close out uh what's another item that you can suggest that we do one more little practical thing that we could do okay got it one more so uh, i would carve out some time and make just one one job description that can appear on the back of a name tag for a volunteer in one particular area. Now, on a previous episode, we discussed job descriptions. Make it simple, make it less than a sentence, and make it smart, right? Specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-bound. Now, listen, it is a bit harder than it may appear. Here is where diligence comes in. No one wants to do the hard work. I get that. But those who do the hard work are considered diligent. The Bible says that the diligent will have no want. God just seems to bless the diligent. So my encouragement, carve out time, labor to make these two-phrase job descriptions simply for one area. You're going to have to fight through it, though. And listen, like I got to tell you, Jeff, one of the hardest things that I ever endeavored to do was to make simple, succinct job descriptions. The wonderful Uh, a a theologian and scientist. His name was Pascal, and he wrote a handwritten note to one of his pals. It's archived in a science museum someplace, and it says, it was one page at the very end, it said, P.S., if I had more time, I would have written less. Hmm. So writing succinct job descriptions that are less than a sentence, but really get to the meat of what you want someone to do, it is harder than you think. So my point is, carve out time plow through trying to make it as succinct as you can and don't pull up your head from the grindstone until you got it done. So Jeff, like I found that carving out job descriptions was hard. You just got done doing this in your ministry. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So probably, I mean, we've mentioned this before, but you came out and did a full day of consulting at our church and kind of hammered us all day long about the value of job descriptions and even mapped out uh, a bunch of them with us. Um, but, but then what, right? I mean, then then I left. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was with you for a day. Big yep, deal. So we probably did a, a dozen or two of those job descriptions with you, but still had two or three times more to to work on on our own time. And so 
just slowly but so, surely. So, so I got to ask, was I standing over you, lording it over you, like with a little taskmaster saying, write more job descriptions, write more job? No, that, that, that no. probably would have been awful. <laughs> no, it would have been awful. But the thing is, is that you took it upon yourself to diligently find, nobody was real. I don't even know if Mike was telling you guys that you had to do this, but it was the best thing yeah, to not do. Not with a bullwhip, but that was, it was that on was our task one of your tasks. Okay, I got it. We just, we spent some time cranking out probably 80 to 100 job descriptions and even made one to two minute videos that could go along so we could send them, send them out for training videos rather than doing like the big week long meeting that not everyone shows up to okay. and then you're following up with people and everything, but just little training videos we can send out to, that have the wins on them for them to get familiar with. Well, cause here's the thing. I remember Mike said this when I was at the church, he said, here's the deal. We are not prepared to go where we need to go. We need to do some work. So you, Jeff, were diligent. I came in one day, we were exhaust, we exhausted ourselves for like six or seven hours. And that's great. That day of consulting really does nothing. It was the diligent work that you guys did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're right. It, it took a lot of work from all of us. And if you, maybe if, use this analogy if you look at a sloth that crazy looking three-toed animal that sits in a tree for the majority of its life and it's it's almost comedic how slow the creature moves but contrast that with an ant and an ant it's busy it's it's moving it's making things happen and a, a sloth that kind of just sits dormant and looks as <laughs> though it's dead whereas an <laughs> ant it, it's making a difference even though they're different sizes i guess but we really just spent time and uh, now this is probably c coming up on a, a year, year later. Yeah. So we spend probably six to eight months hammering those out slowly but surely, getting the videos out. And now You're that we are benefits. We are. So we we aren't stressed out about do volunteers know what they're doing or onboarding and our onboarding process is so much smoother and I'm easier so and you guys, brings man. more clarity. And so yeah, I think it's a little bit of a testament to putting in some of that front end work in slow seasons. Like for me that was summertime. And so being able to have a little extra margin and put some of those job descriptions away each week that that has really helped us during our fall kickoff our christmas which is the crazy time Easter. that's the crazy mm -hmm. time so if you hadn't have if you would have slept during the summer mm -hmm. then you wouldn't have the benefit during the harvest at the end of the day be the ant not the sloth right dominate with diligence ministry here's the deal big point here ministry is a self-starter kind of job it's a self-starter you got to be a self-starter be the ant get something done Work is under the Lord, not people, certainly, but get moving and get something done. Mm -hmm. And that's going to wrap up today's episode on the Lead Volunteers podcast. Please go ahead and scroll down, add a comment, give us a five-star review, and share this resource with a friend. We, we need your help to let other like-minded ministry leaders get skills, get inspired, and get moving. So why don't you go ahead to leadvolunteers.com to you can check out the three free videos today and, and get started being diligent and dominating with diligence in your ministry context. We'll see you next week.